that was the lesson. It was like, we all hear that. It's like surround ourselves with a group. But when we go into a group, we're actually a part of that group. I've been inside of a bunch of masterminds and now I, I'm a better contributor as opposed to that. And I was like contributing my highs and hey, here's how I did it. Here's what you do. Everyone wants to know that. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my Great to Wealth listeners. Today, we have the pleasure to talk to Victor Bell, who's calling us from, I think it's San Diego, you said, right, Victor? San Diego County, we're out in Oakland, San Awesome, man. Awesome. But I think we'll talk about your brighter side of your life, which was in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah, his life really sucks. He lived in Hawaii for 17 years and now he is in beautiful San Diego. Exactly. <laughs> Victor, well, thank you. Thank you again for taking the time. We're super excited to have you on the show. Thanks I know so much everyone's for busy. Awesome. Victor, so let me just get the stage right for this show to give you the right context as well. I know we, t- we chatted briefly prior to going on air. So the show, our show is Migrate to Wealth. We really we want to focus on wealth for sure, but more importantly, we want to focus on the migration journey, right? Because what we believe, our belief is, my belief is, that's the biggest reason I launched the show, is that migration in life is going to happen. You want it or not, change is going to happen. So how can we make change more intentional, right? And so this show is all about trying to bring people to a point where we can share our migration stories and hopefully we can inspire and educate enough people so they are intentionally making their own migration. So with that said, what is your migration journey, my friend? And roll in your intro in there. I would love to hear. I'm more interested in your journey rather than the destination you are right now. Absolutely. So I really appreciate that. And thank you for doing this podcast and what you're doing, because this information and talking to people about this is, like you said, it, it really is more valuable than the end game mm-hmm. is trying to find out, like, hey, the migration from where you are and then bridging the gap to where you want to go. That's really the crux where you're going to get the most value. So thank you for, for doing this. Thank you. So currently right now, I've done about $60 million worth of real estate, you know, in my, you know, since the later, that mid 90s. And I started, unlike other people, where I left home when I was 12 and a half years old. I left my mom's house. My parents split up. Eventually moved with my dad. Had my first kid when I was about 14 or so. <laughs> and so so my life was just kind of like this concentration. It wasn't a bad life, but my parents split up. So it was like I was a middle-class family, separated, and now thrust into this, whoa, what's going on? You know, My world had been turned around. But really, my journey to where we are today started when I got out of the Army, so went to college, I mean, went to high school, went to the military, got out of the military. And then I started going to college off of the free college money that, you know, they get soldiers in on. Yeah. And they were like, hey, if you come back, you're going to owe us money next semester. And I was like, really? <laughs> 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 you know, like you have to show up, right? So yeah. I wasn't doing it. So then, you know, I, I dropped out of the college thing and then I actually got in trouble kind of you know, street thing, started hustling and got busted. And then I was on probation. So on probation, you got to stay out of trouble. So I was on probation for five years and I had to get a job. So I went from, you know, not doing good in school, you know, failing out of college, getting out of the army. And now I was on probation. You know, the prior to that would have went to jail. And then now I'm in this job. So when I get to the job, everyone hates their job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they had yeah. for 10 years. They hated it. It was at Hatco Circuits in Austin, Texas. Well, it was a good job. But no right. one wanted to get that job. It was like, oh, we're in the tech space. We're doing, you know, basically, I didn't do anything fancy. I was like pushing a button and putting green paint right. on the circuit. 
right? Um, <laughs> so I was like, all right, they hated it. And you know, I was driving home one night because I worked nights and I fell asleep driving and woke up on the side of the road and I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to do something different. So the next day I ended up driving to Austin from Colleen, Texas, where I lived at at the time. And I went to a bookstore and I got a, I, there was a book, you know, Fast Cash with Robin Grand for real estate. And I was like, I got to do that because I knew I didn't want what they want because I kind of burned all my bridges prior to that. And now I was at this job that was seemingly a good job, but from the outside looking in, it was good, but everyone hated it. Yeah. And also the new people hated it too. So anyway, so that first year after getting that book, I did a million two in real estate worth of deals. And I didn't good even know what I was doing. Right. But it was like my segue into similar to what you're saying. It was a migration out of these things because a lot of people feel like that's their own way. Mm-hmm. Right. It you know, pays good or pays better than the average, but that's been the concept. So that was my journey into like, how do I get into real estate? I went through all these hardships trying to figure it out as a young man. And then all of a sudden I got this book and then there was two worlds. Again, like my parents put a solid foundation back to like uncertainty. But for the weird part about it was the solid foundation. The certainty made more sense for me. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and I met a bunch of people, you know, like I said, the story, you know, cold calling a bunch of people in the phone book and getting somebody to say, Hey, Vic, you don't even know what you're doing. Come into my office. Let's, let me help you. That was how I got into this side. So me leaving, not really having known what I was going to do and then putting, getting thrust back into a situation where I was like, Hey, you need to be at this job or you go to jail, <laughs> which is the ultimate, you know, sticking place, which is where some people are at their job. They don't realize it, but they are in jail. In jail. Right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's not a bad joke because, um, you know, it's like, oh, wow, it's like the golden cage. But once you're out and you realize, hey, I can invest in real estate, I can make money here. I have some, I don't want to say freedom because you don't start off being free. You have flexibility. So, you know, freedom and flexibility are two different things. So when you when you understand the flexibility piece of, let's say, investing mm-hmm. in real estate or in another business, whatever that is, you understand that you have the flexibility to become free and then you know what to work towards. But yeah. prior to that, you know, that wasn't what I was taught. It was get a job, work hard. You know, we all do that, but that doesn't mean we're going to be free. That just means we're going to get a job and work hard, which seems like freedom until you get on the outside of that. And you're like, oh, wow, I was stuck. I didn't know. Yeah. But yeah, but that's kind of the cliff notes of where Dude, it's that's at. Such an interesting, such a rich journey, not an easy journey, right? Not an easy journey. It never is. A journey, a journey is not supposed to be easy, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it's too easy, you won't remember anything about it. Uh, I think that's where the story arc has to have some challenges in it. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. I actually did not know that you had served. So thank you for doing that, which is amazing. I have a joke. You know, I talk about my military stuff. I'm like, if you knew what I did in the army, you wouldn't thank me. You'd be like, thank God you got out. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I left at the was station in Hawaii. So I had a good time. I was 18, 19, 20, you know, yeah. all the way up to my party, hanging out in Waikiki. So there you go, man. Not not a bad yeah. life, but yet you right. uh, it ended up being good, but it could have been the other side as well. So thank you again for Absolutely. doing that. So I think there's a bunch of different nuggets in what we talked about, right? I really like the concept that you talked about flexibility versus freedom, because most I think what the whole world is talking about financial freedom so much that I think yeah. that word has lost its meaning. It's diluted Absolutely. down because it's mm-hmm. now becoming a slang, which people just want to use it without really understanding what it is. And right. they want to become financially free tomorrow, right? Yeah. I think what, we're, what I really like the angle that you're taking is really more about why don't we look at gaining your flexibility of your life, of your time, yeah. of yeah. your choices. And then eventually, if you play your cards right, 
you may get to a point of freedom. But let's start with flexibility with an aim towards freedom rather than talking about financial freedom in the next two years, one year, whatever time frame you have. So I really like that. I appreciate that. I'm going to probably steal that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the other aspect was, right, you were talking about how you realized fairly quickly. Of course, it seemed like no mold can control you. Like you can't write control lines around you. That's for sure. From your background that you've shared, which is great. So when you broke out of the mold of the job, like nine to five, because Mm -hmm. that's being told, and me as an immigrant, when I moved here from India 22, 23 years ago now, one of the things that was imbibed in my head was I have to be best at everything I do. And best does not necessarily mean the effort. The best really meant I need to go to the best college. I need to work at the best company. I need to be doing best whatever I do because those are the check marks you have to do, right? Right, And along the way, and I was working pretty fine, I got laid off. So Mm -hmm. then you're like, okay, I did everything right, but that really didn't pay me off because what I thought was a job security didn't necessarily, was not necessarily a job security as you describe it, it's a golden jail, right? Yeah. So help me understand when you are seeing people around you, what got you thinking about doing something different? Because you've always thought like that, but what triggered you on this path of financial freedom or flexibility at that moment when you were working at the job? That's a great question. Really, it wasn't the job that was really the kick mark over to me. It was when I was already in real estate, you know, and this is similar to your story. So I was already successful. I was already, you know, I was working for another education company, Dave Lindahl company. I was doing the coaching stuff. And I bought a, a 40 unit apartment building in Ohio back in like 07, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, to this part for all the listeners, I was truly just doing real estate to function. It was my life. I didn't understand what a market cycle was, like all the stuff that's happening. I had no idea what was happening. I was just like, oh, it's just harder for me because I don't have these guys' pedigree. So to your point, there was a part where I was going to, you know, I was doing all my, I was within my successful real estate freedom, real freedom. Mm-hmm. Lived on the beach. I've always lived in beach houses. I've, I've always done that stuff because we moved back to Hawaii after I got out of the military and started doing real estate, right? I'm in my life. So I lost everything. That property took me down. We had a project manager take all of our money, um, mm-hmm. which was also the property managers. And that property, we fought for bankruptcy. I had fought for bankruptcy. So I paid everybody. I did just what you said. It was literally a quote. I have it in a video. I think I made, I did everything right. right. I was sitting outside of my backyard on the beach, crying, looking up at God saying, God, you know what? Give me a sign. Like have some whale jump out of the water, whatever. I need something today. I've tied that church. I've always been a good person. I show up on time. I, you know, mm-hmm. I work harder than everyone else. Like, why am I going through this? Because now this affects my family. Cause my wife was yeah. pregnant with my family. And it was in that moment that same, I was like, dude, I did everything right. So if I'm going to continue to get hammered, which is how I talk, well, I'm going to get hammered. I'm going to do a victor's way. And right. that was the establishment of who I am today. Because I kind of had that distinction similar to like what you're saying. Like you go to work, you do the pedigrees, you get all these check the box things, and you still are subject to the things that a lower level person did. Right. That was at some Lando community college that, <laughs> that did yeah, so you're like, wait a minute, if that's the game, then, you know, for me, I'm like, the easiest way to get off the hamster wheel is just to, just to get off, just stop running. Right. And it's like, but if I'm going to stop running, then I'm going to run my way and I'm going to do it the way I wanted to. And, you know, to that story, I was like, hey, I had to file for bankruptcy. I tried to pay everybody. No one wanted the money. 
you know, like, like it was all of those pressures. I couldn't go to, you know, a church giving hundreds of thousands of dollars away all year. And I'm like, Hey, yeah. I'm struggling right now. And like, we don't know how to help. Even like we talked about masterminds, even some of the people that I was working with real estate wise and business wise, I'm like, Hey, here's what I'm going through. I know you guys call me for help all the time and I'm able to help, but I don't need money. I need, I just need somebody to help me. And they were like, yeah, we don't know, man. And I was like, hmm. okay. So all the times I flew down to you guys' stuff and I've helped and I've moved chairs and I've sat in the back right. and done all these, and you can't even give me some advice. They really didn't know. So to your point, that was really my tipping point. It wasn't really the jobs. Got it. That was out of my migration away from all of the stuff I've been taught up to these years that I was doing in the business. Because there's, there's going to be two types of listeners, right? You're going to be people who are, I'm leaving my job. I started my own practice. So I'm in the yeah. tech space. Started in the past, but now on my own, we talk about moving into flexibility. And then they'll move into freedom and then freedom gets taken. And then they shoot off to this next level, which is where I am today. Mm -hmm. Like that was really the tipping point of saying, okay, all of that I thought was secure did not work. And the people I surrounded myself at the time who were kind of singing my praises scattered. Yeah. And that was, I will never put my family through that again. And what I knew to be true is now a lie. And I need to establish what is true for me. I love and that. That was different. So I'm sure that's probably like yourself. You're like, hey, you know what? You know, when you move to, like we said, flexibility, mm -hmm. I have some flexibility to become free. Once yeah. I get freedom, the next arc in that freedom journey is freedom's gone. And now I establish what it's going to look like for me for the rest of my life. Nothing anyone can tell me is going to change that anymore. Correct. And, you know, that's what I began to teach my family, my kids, the people who work with me. I'm like, you know, it's not against anyone. It's pro you. And when you understand what you are for now, you can migrate to these next freedoms that you're looking for. Because, you know, like you said, there's an arc in every journey, you know, but it, like every hero's journey does too, right? There has you know? to be arc, man. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, that's not yeah. a hero. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it sounds like you went through the same thing, and, you know, and hopefully anybody listening to this, you know, like, hey, sometimes you think you're out and then something pulls you back in and makes you take that hard look around and go, wow, now it moves into this space where we thought we were ahead. Now mm -hmm. this is the true testament to what I truly am putting on the books of who I am and what I believe, you know. Um, uh, it's, it's so true what you said, right? I think, I think the key thing here is if I can distill it, of yeah. what you're sharing, yeah. I think it's really important how you look at challenges. Mm -hmm. I think our stories are common. Most of the stories are common because there's yeah. going to be challenges in life, right? Life's not all hunky-dory because you would not go to a movie where, where the hero just have everything great, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the protagonist has got us to run some challenges. That's, that's the right. movie that's interesting. Unfortunately, when it comes to our personal lives, we all want an easy life, right? right. I think it's more about really how you look at challenges and those challenges, your true character shows up. Mm -hmm. And I know it's the cliched saying, but really is that how you face those challenges is what's going to decide what your future is going to be. For me, right. and I'm pretty sure for you, is when I got laid off, I had a very easy solution. Cry, sulk, and drown my sorrows in alcohol or something. Right. Pick a vice that we like to do and mm -hmm. then get back on the shape and then go look for another job and then continue the ride and wait to get laid off again. And until then, everything is fine. And when that happens, you change and you repeat, rinse and repeat, right? Yeah. Or you can say, well, I'll never give anyone control of my life again. I'm done, right? Like in your case, the masterminds, right? These are not cheap masterminds. They're expensive, not just yeah. from the financial, but also resources, right? Yeah, it's like you have 30, to spend time. 
30, yeah. 40 grand. And if, if when they needed your help to expand and they, they were like, where your brain trust come here, we'll help you. And when you needed them the most, you didn't necessarily get the help you were looking for. Not right. because they are deceiving, they're deceitful. It's more because they actually yeah. didn't know how to help. Nobody knew. Yeah. No one circled the screen in that moment. <laughs> Just me. Yeah. Right. Correct. So you want to build your own muscle so yeah. you can deal in. I think that's the path you took. That's the path I took. That's the path a lot of folks around us are taking. That right. I'm going to build my own support group. I'm going to build my own ecosystem. And mm-hmm. no matter what challenge comes in, I'm going to be able to face it. And that Absolutely. confidence is what gives you the ultimate freedom, I think. What yes. you're looking for is I have full belief in me and my abilities rather than depending on a W-2 or mastermind or whatnot. These are all helpful things and we all need to surround ourselves with that, but they're Absolutely. not the ones that's going to make you successful. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, and that's, that was the lesson. It was like, you know, we all hear that. It's like, like surround ourselves with a group, you know, but when we go into a group, we're actually a part of that group, you yeah. know? So now, you know, I look back. I've been inside of a bunch of masterminds and now I, I'm a better contributor as mm-hmm. opposed to that. And I was like contributing my highs and Hey, here's how I did it. Here's what you do. Cause everyone wants to know that. But now somebody goes, Hey, how do you handle that? Right. Like, oh, maybe. And it doesn't mean you need to do it, but this is how I needed to handle it. It matches my personality and the, right. you know, and what I was going through in the moment. So it was good, you know, but you know, whether it was a job, whether it was the ups and downs for business, whether it was a marriage thing, because we're all not a family. And, you know, people think that business, you know, that it's just business. Like, well, all business is personal. Like my wife, my kid, we're, you know, we're a high achieving family, which means that our schedules are in sync. We all understand mm-hmm. that one of us has a responsibility to someone else outside of this family. So we collectively work together. So like we talk about masterminds, it's the same way. Like, you know, we can all collaborate on those things. So how do you do this? And how do we do that? How do we get everyone on the same right. page? Until you go through something, you don't really have an answer. And the higher up you climb, you know, like you said, with the villain in the story, you know, the bigger the villain, you know, the more you have to fall down, but when yeah. you climb back up, you can contribute better. So that's been a blessing, you know, and I'm sure like for you too, and anybody listening, it's valuable to have these stories too. They're not woe is me stories, but a lot of times you have a lot of people walking around that are like, Hey, I'm successful, or I changed my direction in life and they don't share what they went through. And when they do, right. you know, yeah, it's too much. So and I appreciate you some and people like yourselves coming to this show, right? It's you're exposing the side of you, which was not the most comfortable position for you, right? right? So it's not something that you feel like it needs to be showed. I think what we're trying to say is that yeah. everyone's life sucks. At some <laughs> yeah. point in life, it's going right. to suck. But that's when you need to go up, right? That's when you need to right. go out of that feeling and do something great. So, Victor, mm-hmm. I know you and I can talk. I think it seemed like we're coming yeah. from the same yeah. clock. So right. we can talk about that. So I want to shift gears a little bit off. So your migration story has a lot of different elements to it, right? But let's bring it back to what you do today, right? Sure. Help our listeners understand how you got from a 2007, 2008 guy buying something in Ohio. And then, of course, the 2008 time, everyone on the show would know that because right. uh, I mean, the demographic that we're targeting Everyone was alive at that point. So now looking back, how did you go get yourself out of that mess and Ooh. then transition to what you're doing now? Okay. So great. That's a great question. <laughs> so when that happened, I went through bankruptcy for a year 
And, you know, with the whole throw my hands in the air, I was like, I'll never go through this again and blah, blah, blah. So we went through that thing, got out of bankruptcy. In that first year, I picked up about $11 million worth of real estate in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So I, I did the opposite of what everybody did, which and I'm sure you probably know it as well. In these high price markets, a lot of times people make a lot of money in those markets and they take that money someplace else chasing right. yield, chasing right. return. So I kept going to all these different markets and I was doing well, but I never did as well as I did when my buddies was like, first, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, okay, because he had a bunch of multifamily in Hawaii. And I was like, how are you even making these things? Pencil? Right. I'm going somewhere with how I got mm -hmm. that transfer. And he showed me and he was like, okay, cool. Here's an opportunity. First deal with him. He was like, look, go get 300 grand. I have a 17 unit apartment building. We'll sell it to you. It's worth three, six. I'll sell it to you for two, nine. You got to put down 300 grand. I never worked so hard in my life. Now, bear in mind what I'm up against. Just came out of bankruptcy. Yeah. I was public about it because I was frustrated. <laughs> I had to go raise money from people and now get people to say, look, I have a great deal. This is not in Florida, Ohio, Georgia, right. North Carolina. This is in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And people were like, how are we going to make money? And I had to re-educate people who I had talked to. They knew I made money in Hawaii because I bought like a ton of single family houses there small multifamily, but I never really made the money off the apartments. Right. Right. Prior to that, I was still bouncing. And then once I did that, I bought another one and then another one and then another one. And, then, and it just spiraled because I stopped again. I stopped running. I right. dealt with what was in front of me. So that was kind of how I got out of that, which is where I am today. So fast forward, I had all those portfolios of properties. I had a partner toward the end of it, which was four years ago, another art, right? And the story. Me and my partner, I was like, hey, it's time to sell. We had already taken all of our money off the table mm -hmm. and then it sold and kind of tripled what we would have initially had in it. So, you know, we made quite right. a bit of money. And uh, my partner kind of yanked some money off the table because it was a 10-year thing and it wasn't a fun. It wasn't this. It was kind of like, hey, let's do this type deal. And I wasn't the money guy, mm -hmm. you know? So again, I was a hard worker. I was like, hey, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Right. And then my money guy was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I made a bunch of money for us. And at the end, he was like, oh, yeah, you don't want this change. I'm like, well, we agreed to that. And then all of a sudden, there was a quarter of a million dollars taken off the table at escrow that I didn't know about. And it went to him. And I was furious. Again, a belly cry moment with my wife. <laughs> right. And I'm like, hey. you know, like that was a rookie mistake. I got comfortable. I was winning. I was so far ahead of the pack for where we were. I stopped taking account of the things that mattered. And these were those little things, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, that gets me to where we are today because I was like, all right, you know what? Started looking at other properties. I was looking at the small deals and I was like, and correct me if I'm wrong, no one gets into real estate trying to buy small deals. No one should. Uh, <laughs> no, no one like, should. That, that may be your starting place, but that's not your goal. You don't drive past them. Yeah. Some new places and go, man. Can't wait to own that. You know, you, right. know, you want to go right. past the right. monster where you look up like, look, I want to own that. So oh. I was telling my wife, my wife Sharon, I was like, we'll never get there here. Like we've dominated Hawaii for the last 17 years. I'm one of the top real estate investors here. And that's not bragging. Like, like I did a great job there. I had the right mindset. And I was like, we have to go somewhere else where we can compete. And I was like, but here's the lesson. We will now put ourselves in a situation where we build our own economics. We build our own economy. We aren't going to be a person that rips the rug from underneath people. Right. Right. So when we got here, we started looking at 30, 40, 50 unit apartment buildings. And in San Diego, that's a pretty pricey you know, thing. And But when we were walking around, I was like, they're dead properties. Meaning like there's no people walking around. There's no kids outside playing. Yeah. There's no main people out there. And I was like, 
that is not a long-term play. That's a short-term play. We've done that already. So that's when I was like, all right, you know what? I think it's time for me to start a fund. I'm not a fun guy. I didn't work in Wall Street. I didn't go to college. As we said, I kind of got, you know, told not to come back. But um, (laughs) so I was like, I have to learn this business. So I started studying. I've always been a consumer of that capital. I've raised a lot of money. So that's not new. But now I'm in a vehicle where I can start paying more people like, hey, invest with us. Here's what you're going to get in return. These are the assets we're looking at. So now we're looking at bigger assets, better returns, and I can do it with more people. Right. right now I'm able to hit what we talked about. This is ultimate freedom for myself and all of my investors for the future. It's not the flexibility that the flexibility vehicle I was doing in the past. That was a, right. based on the team. Now it's based on the team. Yeah. So very different in that arc to where's why I'm here I am today. But it was that same thing. It was like, hey, I fell asleep again. You know, with the comfortability. Same thing with the project managers and the property manager in Ohio. It was like this time it was a financial partner. That similar to, and I'm sure you've probably seen it as well. You got private equity hedge fund firms that if they have something happen on their side of the field, they start looking at their portfolio and go, you know what? Committee, let's do this. We're going to exit this deal and sell that from right underneath the operator if they can, if there's not enough controls in place. Right. So I didn't know that that happened. But, you know, now that I'm in the fund space, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, (laughs) that happens all the time. So um, it does. It does. Yeah. So I I hope that I I love that. That's you did, you did, right? I think it's important to know that the path is never going to be straightforward, right? And you couldn't no. have scripted it. It's you take a day at a time, month at mm-hmm. a time, quarter at a time, year at a time, several decades at a time. That's all you can do, right? That's all yeah. we all yeah. can do. But I think it's important to figure out that you want change your life. You want to migrate right. from wherever you are today to wherever you want to be. And hopefully that path is a good path, Right. Yeah, uh, at least that trajectory is a better path, yeah. not going the down the downward spiral. We want to go on the upward spiral, right? right? Uh, yeah, I think that's your, really where. To your point, for the listeners, like for anybody on that, I mean, that was just my migration because, again, my career path wasn't real estate. Yeah. So to your point, like you say, hey, look, there's going to be this migration to the freedom piece, but it was like, okay, like you said, like, hey, I went to this thing, I went to this college, I went to this career path, got laid off. These are my choices. Do I keep going? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get laid off again. Something's going to happen again. That's yeah, just yeah, definitely. It's, you know, an industry is just a group of people collectively making a decision. So at right. some point, decisions change. So mm-hmm. like when I share that, it's not a negative. These were the growth patterns to make sure that prepared me to say I'm a very effective fund manager and investor. And just like anybody migrating, if you take a look at your path to my, you know maybe leaving a career, leaving a space, yeah. and getting investing, you have to take a look at your progressive space and say mm-hmm. this is going to make me more effective in this new era that i had to go through to get here but without it where would i be so it's valuable and i always value listening to people like man how'd you get here you know and when they tell me i'm blown away like wow like, that's so cool but yeah, i think so- that's really what we're trying to do with that, this podcast right because not everyone i mean you know that networking yeah. can be expensive right Bear. because um not again not in just financial term in terms of resources because you would have to take yeah. time away, right? You would have to go visit a place that takes time away from the family. It takes time away from right. something else that you could have done to make more money, right? In the short term, at least, that's how you look at it. So it's resource yeah. intensive, yeah. so networking. So what we're trying to make sure is that we bring people like yourselves to us. Because right. if people are saying network, I don't have time for networking, that barrier is gone. You have 20 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes, 40 minutes in your life 
that you can listen twice a week you're talking about this example this podcast twice a week listen to the stories and our goal is to inspire you from that story not to give you a path not to give you a solution because there is no one solution that's your right path, i could not have followed your path because i'm not you my path right. is very different but can i get right. inspired from your path i can right, right? uh yeah. my barriers i'm like oh if he did it maybe i can too that's right. really the purpose right. of this show and any podcast should really be only addressing that it's not about selling stuff that's a different mm-hmm. platform for that and yes amen for that that is there's a place and time for that but in the end like like you said if somebody can take a look and go look i'm on a path it's similar not similar but everyone's on one and i get the opportunity to hear that you know yeah. man that's valuable and that goes on forever so thanks for again thanks for doing this show and to your point of networking you know i share with people you have to be in the circle of other people you right. you know like yeah no one you know nothing grows in the vacuum so it's like you have to be in this place where you do do this and sometimes people think i got to sit in a room full of other people like well sometimes you don't you know some of my mentors i never meet some of them are dead because they're on some mm-hmm. audible book or some video i watch so to your point hopefully this is what you're bringing to people is going to give people that element of like dude i got the opportunity to meet see learn and then take a look at my own life and push forward through the network that's being built so thank you for this it's really important well thank you thank you victor victor we're coming towards end of our show we always end our show with two questions i know sure. i i didn't tell you those questions i usually don't no. because okay. i want a spontaneous answer right one question that's is right. going back to your 14 year old self or your 12 and a half year old when you left home if you were to go back to that person and give them one piece of advice so their migration in life becomes more intentional mm-hmm. and something that they look forward to versus the arcs in the life they're not looking forward to what would that be you're going to be okay mm-hmm. that's it like that okay i wouldn't change my life for anything and if it wasn't some business thing because not all of my life's experiences led me to where i am today they would just put me on those paths that open these mm-hmm. doors a lot of times i didn't have someone around me cheering me on yeah. so sometimes somebody to you know to just say hey things are going to be okay you don't have to tell me how just that small word of encouragement for someone like me who yeah. my class is always half full <laughs> so yeah. in those moments i just need somebody to be like hey you know what you got this and that would be my advice to myself and that's my life. I recall a story this reminds me of the story that I feel compelled sharing when I came to this country back in 2000 I came as an employee for one one other company and within 8 mm-hmm. months of that company I moved to a different bigger much bigger company and I was scared as hell like I'm like I don't know what I'm doing this is a stable <laughs> job I'm leaving and all that stuff that was going in my head I remember there's a very good friend of mine his wife called me he's like I heard you're nervous I'm like, yes, I am. You'll be fine, buddy. Mm. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I know you. You'll be fine. Yeah. It'll all work itself out. I needed right. to hear that, right? I needed yeah. to hear that. Not because she was going to make any in my life any different. That wasn't going to be right. cool. She's not going to pay my bills. She's right. not going to do anything. Like, that was not the offer. The offer was, you're going to figure it out. Just keep yeah. going. Yeah. So I appreciate yes. you sharing that, man. Yeah. So second question, my brother, friend. What about humanity? Like, where do you feel the humanity must should migrate towards in the next decade, in the next year, in the next month? I'm a big person about permission. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, my, because I, again, back to something that I've always needed. I always just wanted someone to give me permission 
mm-hmm. to either be myself or to ask questions or something. I think a lot of that's missing in humanity. I think a lot of sharing about you know people and what they do. Like sometimes, man, just give people permission to be themselves, do what they want to do, do what they need yeah. to do in that moment. And I think people will be much happier. People will be more friendlier. We can, I mean, where do you not go in the world where somebody goes, yeah, go ahead. And then you're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I think that's just me because humanitarian, we can all give money. We can all do these things. But even in the giving of a thing or all that stuff, I think giving people permission, I think is probably what most people are missing. I think all pain, anguish, and stuff come from lack of permission to just be. And um, again, you're going to be okay. Yeah, you should do it. Like That's my answer for everything. What are you thinking about this? Do it. You know, I don't have an answer whether it's going to work, but if you do it, that won't still be in your mind, especially if that's your potential as a human. Right. 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 So I had to tell you not because I failed and here I'm looking at you because I'm trying to protect you, but I'm probably trying to protect me in that moment. People can only coach you from where they come from. So it's like, you know, that permission piece in the humanity space was like, dude, I want you to go out there and crush it. You know how much better off I'll be if you crush it. <laughs> Even if oh I get God, little, I love that. yeah, that's huge. So that's kind of my stance on it. I like that. I think there's a dip, maybe a different episode. Why do we even need permission? Right? That's I think it's a very different, maybe a whole long, because they don't like that's true that you should give permission to people to do whatever they want to do and however they want right. to be. But I think more importantly for, I think it's a very important question for us is, yeah, but why are we waiting for people's permission to do anything? Because right. they don't know crap anyways. They don't know either. Nobody, right. does. Yeah. Nobody does, right? Right. They have opinions, yeah. which is fine. I respect their opinions, but that's really not their opinion. They don't, they right. don't I think you were saying that we have our own lenses to view the world from, and that's, that's right. the only lens we have. But that doesn't mean my lens is better than your lens, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, to that permission piece, like I find that my whole life, I've just wanted to be appreciated. I'm the kid who just like, I have all these toys again, you know, because my parents, you know, were in the military, so we moved a lot. So I was always a new kid. So I was like, I had toys and I'm looking for the kids who know each other to play. And I'm like, hey, you want to play with my toys? I just wanted to kind of like share everything. Which I yeah. still do it. So, and then after it's done, it's like to be appreciated. You know, it's like, like yeah. my mom, my dad, like all these people are kind of looking for that. So sometimes, you know, it goes right back to the permission piece. Like sometimes it's permission, but really I always feel like permission to do leads to appreciation. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, how often does that happen? Somebody does something for you, you go, hey, I really appreciate that. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that's that bridge between those two pieces. And without permission to do it, you can't get appreciated. You didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't feel good about it. So yeah. and that, that's kind of how I, and that's, you know, again, my lenses. But I tend to attract or I can recognize people, go to a restaurant, you see a waitress and, you know, a waiter and my wife gets mad that you just talk to everybody. I'm like, dude, I love people. Yeah. And I'll be like, what are you doing here? You don't look like you belong here. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't. I've been to do it such and such. It did they feel better. And then without question, like you should do that first. You should lean into that. Second, I really appreciate what you're doing here, though. Right. And they always be like, Mr. Bell, you want some more dessert? You want that? <laughs> 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 and my wife and said, man, like, like, people just love you. And I'm like, I love them because I know what that feels like right. to not get permission to do what you want to do. So you settle. And then second, not get appreciated for what you're doing in the settling moment and then pushed into the other spectrum. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you don't have that, you know, like to me, that's just a human thing. Right. 
So yeah, but no, I've those are great. Victor, we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna have long conversations over beers one day. I can see that. I can see this friendship going long way. But Victor, thank you again. I I want to be respect for your time. I know we've talked a lot here on this show, but again, I love this conversation. This is why I do these podcasts to have people like yourselves come on and share their stories. So, thank you. Where can people find you, my friend? How are they how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, everywhere really. So, they can uh Facebook at um Victor Bell, like my personal page is Victor Bell Jr. and then Victor Bell is my Facebook page page. You can go to Instagram under the real Victor Bell. Uh, mm-hmm. so at the real Victor Bell. YouTube, you know, you go to Victor Bell or under at Bell Bell Capital. They do that new at thing at YouTube. I have a book on Amazon. I have three books on Amazon. So they can find me there too. It's like uh, how to create wealth through investing in apartment buildings. You need more cash flow is another book as well as the 30 days of war. It's like a personal development book for business people. Yeah, or Google. <laughs> you know, maybe Google me from there, or you can go to bell-capital.com. That's our capital company. It's where we raise capital. And any way possible, love to talk to you guys. I'm an open book. You can reach me anyway. But that those are all my kind of places to find. Awesome. Well, thank you, Victor. We'll be sure to include that in our show notes. Once again, I want to thank you for all the time you've spent. Thank you for all the work you've done. Thank you for all the people you continue to inspire in your life. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate everything. I, I love what you're doing. And I'm sure you know, anyone that I meet, I'm going to love the audience because we're all kind of the same cloth. So thank you so much for all the work you're doing with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.